Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show. We are taking a break from our miserable New England weather to bring you some very good cheer, including, you know me, I mispronounce names. All the time. So I've been thinking, Jennifer, of all the ways I can completely botch your name. <laughs> there aren't Boom. many. This is an easy one. Just plow straight ahead. You've got this. I know. It's so fun. And I know you. So, yeah, everybody, Jennifer Vaughn is with me. And, um, yeah, I am known for just absolutely destroying last names. But, you know, I think I got this one. <laughs> Helps when you know somebody. Anyway, um, oh, my gosh, thank you for finally being here. It's all good and scheduled, and both of us are hoping our power stays on, right? Oh, my gosh. Well, yes. Yeah, we've got some wind whipping about out here in New England <laughs> tonight, but it's such a joy to be with you. You and I have become uh, very close yeah. friends in a short amount of time, and I consider myself the beneficiary on this, believe me, because you are one of the most – qualified, intensively good, kind, and you deliver that to the world type of person that I've had the pleasure to meet. So it is my joy to be with you tonight. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, I, I, I just absolutely love you. So I think that you are the, the same and more and so oh. talented. I, um, we're here t- tonight to talk with Jennifer Vaughn. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Jennifer Vaughn. I love your name. Um, about her book, Shadow Kid, and um, the fact that she's been a news anchor in New Hampshire since 1997, and you've written like five books and all stuff, and God bless Twitter. It's, it's just amazing, right? <laughs> who, who doesn't love Twitter, right? You're at J. I love Twitter. Uh, I love Twitter. Yeah, Jay- I, it, it, oh. it makes me laugh. It keeps me up to date with everything I need to know that's happening in the world. It reaches out and connects me to new friends. And at times it even makes me sad and it makes me thoughtful. Um, I love the power of Twitter. And I I feel collectively we're only starting to learn how to harness its power. Oh, And, you know, whenever you're an author or creative in any way, shape, or form, you have those moments where your self-confidence, you know, dips to non-existent. Mm-hmm. You completely and totally suck. And there steps <laughs> into Twitter with hashtag writing community and writers list and um, David on there with his book. Was it wrong? I'm going to get it wrong now, right? Wrong place, wrong time. I think wrong place, wrong time. time. He is a master. Oh, oh. yes. I, I learned yeah. I learned tips from all of you, though, um, because you're masterful at communicating a thought and, you know, those hashtags are powerful in and of themselves because they can harness an entire community. And, and you know, when folks are watching out for a particular hashtag or, or they're expecting something related to you uh, and your presence on Twitter, look at how, that, how far that can spread and what we all can learn about how to better use it. I, I feel as though I'm still learning. Every day I'm still learning. I have to blend these two worlds of writing books 
and dealing in in news and how to effectively use Twitter for both entities. Sometimes they cross worlds. Sometimes they need to stay strictly different. So I feel like I'm always learning Twitter tips. Yeah, uh, you know, I I do too. It's like like we're each 10 people, you know, the mom Mm -hmm. stuff, the kids stuff, your own stuff, your thoughts, your feelings, your books, your job, your... So I don't know. True. I, came across, I came across a toy tonight while I was shopping, and I'm like, okay, I've officially seen it all. So, you know, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter is, uh, is a, a good place. But I, so yeah, but I think we're all learning together. You know, it, it's changing, and Twitter's not the only thing. There's Facebook, there's LinkedIn, there's Instagram, there's, there's About Me. I mean, there's so many places to be online, and I think the, I don't know where where I've had success with in all of it is just being someone you can trust. You know, I'm not going to bash you or say something negative. I mean, you know, when you go to my stuff, it's positive. So I, I think that was what's most important for me when I'm online is to um, keep it keep it really happy. <laughs> I think we and need I, more happy. I appreciate that. Um, As someone who, in the news side of my life, has to oftentimes deliver horrific details about an event or an incident or a person, um, to to be able to flip that and to seek out accounts such as yours and, you know, those connected to the writing community and and the uplift is, uh, it's wonderful to see when you're caught up in it. Man, are you grateful. Um, And the people that you meet, the other, the, the, the access that you gain on Twitter also, it crosses oceans. I mean, you have international friends. Um, yeah. And for for booksellers, you and I were authors, and you try to get the word out about your book. I mean, when you can have an international audience and your product can reach them via a Twitter or a, t- or a tweet that you put out and somebody such as yourself or whoever else might retweet that and get the attention of somebody far, far away, uh, that, that this is new territory for all of us, really. And, you know, the, the quicker we learn to, to use that and maximize that and how do, how do we deliver that in, in turn for those who support us, yeah. I still think I'm caught up in the trying to get to the bottom of how I can use it most effectively for my product, but also for yours and others and good thoughts and good messages because those are so important, and I think they get lost in the frenzied day-to-day of, right. you know, what I do in my business, the media. Um, you know, a, a media concept travels uh, so fast, and it can be so intense and so misinterpreted that to balance that out with the good in the world, in the world that you can put out there and the thought-provoking messages, oh, invaluable. Yeah. The uh... – the global part of it is so fun. You know, sometimes somebody will hold your book up and you have to go get a map. <laughs> it's like, here I am. And I've got your book. I'm like, Seriously? <laughs> oh my gosh. And to think your book made it that far. I mean, Isn't wow, there's trippy? nothing better than that feeling. Yeah. And I, and I completely agree with you on the, on the whole balance thing of just, you know, there's just so much, just, you just got to find your community on there. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, for example, like when, um, when my dad passed away, last year you know that was just awful and it's a it's a lift you know if you if you actually say out loud hey everybody you know my dad passed away the tremendous support that I received online from people I know and don't know Mm -hmm. brought me to my tears 
even more sometimes, <laughs> you know, brought me to tears even more sometimes because it was just so powerful, the support you had going through, you know, something to just, you know, sad. And um, I look, one of the things I do is I take a scan through my feeds, um, particularly on Facebook, um, to see what's going on. And you will see a lot of um, messages where people are asking for prayers, asking for thoughts, asking you to keep them in your mind today. Um, a lot of, do you ever do that? Go through, I mean, all the time. And I think inevitably, yeah. uh, when you check into social media and whatever that might be, an Instagram check, logging onto Facebook, yeah. I find myself mostly on Twitter. Um, and that I think that's a product of my very busy news life because I still have mm-hmm. that feeling no matter what that I have to know what's going on at all times. I don't know <laughs> if I'll ever be able to break that. I could be 20 years removed from the news business and I still think I might need to know everything that's going on at all times. Um, but in that respect, to, to get a stranger's support is this newfound way of sort of almost expanding our collective consciousness of, of pain and understanding and compassion mm-hmm. Because typically in, you know, decades leading up to the explosion of social media, when you received compassion from somebody, it it was likely because you knew them from your church, from your supermarket, from your your town, your school, the the parents of the kids that you're, uh, the hang out with your own kids, you knew them. So to expand this so that people who don't physically know you can have a hand and maybe turning your day around the, the, that is again the limitless opportunity of connecting like we are now. Yeah, I, I just I, I I'm so thankful for our community on so many levels um, that it just it blows my mind sometimes if you just sit and think about it. It's like you know collectively we're we're just so much different than we would be just each individually on our own. I just think there's just so much that we can do. So. Anyway, yeah, I, lo- I love the little Best Ever You community, uh, the growing Best Ever You community. It's growing a lot, and um, it's, it's, it's got some amazing people in it. And, you know, yourself, um, thank you for joining my advisory board. I think that's so cool. And, honored. I mean, so honored. Oh, no, no, I'm so honored to have you on there. I'm like, yeah. And, um, I, you know, I just – we're so happy when we have authors in our community um, it just gives us something amazing to talk about. So, I mean, five books. Um, okay, so let's tell everybody who might not know you um, about you. I mean, you're your mom, a wife. I mean, <laughs> your kids are little superstars. <laughs> I, tr- I, I try. You know, it's funny because it's you, you leave the house and you really and you know. I mean, you've raised four boys for goodness' sake. You leave your house, and, and your focus always needs to be on who's going to need you next. When you arrive at work, you need to be present and focused, and you need to be accountable for whatever that job is that day. In my case, it's delivering the news live at 6 o'clock. I don't think a mom and dads, yes, but a mom especially, ever leaves her house without having those four kids, those two kids, those three kids tucked in a very special part of her brain that never turns off. (laughs) There's always something spinning in that part of your head that connects you to home at all times. Am I right? 
um, way right. And it's why I work from home because I know myself well enough to know that if I leave and go do a full-time job, I, I'll, I will fail at something somewhere because it's just too much for me. I don't think right. that you would fail because you're not that know. kind of person. <laughs> I know. But I understand. It's oh, it's tough. almost having to balance that need to have control over your family at all times with what you have to do out in the rest of the world. But it's not an easy duo-type no. role that moms encounter yeah. every day. Of course dads do as well. Of course yeah. they do. Some are responsible for parenting the entire brood. Um, mm-hmm. But being a mom and being out in the world and the focus of a job, and I see both the best in people in what I do every day, but I also see the worst of what humans can do, what they can cause, um, what the pain they can deliver, the problems that they create. So knowing all of that that I do, I just that active place in my brain never gets rest. And I think one sort of relates to the the other. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. Is it getting so? Our kids are all. Um, well, mine are coming back, so I don't know if you can call me an empty nester. <laughs> Gone and come back, which is great because it's so much fun to have them here. And you know, yes. I'll, I'll want this day back many, many times in the future. I predict. But you know, they're we've got college kids. Like your your daughter yep. just got a, a great you know she signed her NLI to play soccer in Maine and um, it's at U Maine and your son um, I can't I'm gonna draw a blank on where he plays uh he, he so plays he's over so uh, yeah smaller, so our son's right? at Union College he's a baseball That's player he's also naval doing naval ROTC studying for a calculus final as we speak that's <laughs> coming up <laughs> tomorrow oh. Um, oh yeah poor kid the the math oh, gene does yeah. not yeah, it, it, it's not strong either. in this Sorry, family, kids. but he's doing everything that he can. So, yeah, you try to keep tabs on exactly what they're doing and, and support them along the way, whether it's sports, whether it's, you know, if they're a killer academic, um, if they're into theater, if they play an instrument, whatever it is that your child develops talent and passion for, um, it's always in your head, you know, it's always in your head. Did I... Did I do that right? Did I do this right? Sometimes if they have a bad day or if there's, you know, behavior that they exhibited that you weren't expecting, it's like, well, did I deal with that right? Just always the second guessing. You write about that in your book um, oh, a yeah. lot. You know, did I make the yeah. right decision? Did I did I put the, the right plan in motion? There's always time. And I think we collectively inevitably always look back and if there was an if there's a different or unexpected outcome that did not reach the standard that we had hoped, I think we automatically want to put the blame on us. <laughs> Perhaps. I'm not gonna own up to that one. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do to cause that? Uh oh, I messed up again. Oh yeah. Yeah, you get you know, you you the one thing I know is that you don't get your moments back and the other thing I know is we certainly aren't perfect. And so you just kind of got to go with the flow and, um, you know, with, I thought it was kind of fascinating with our kids. Um, and I don't know about yours, but they showed like a little bit about who they would be as adults, as kids. If you really paid really close attention, like one of our kids was always fascinated with stars and the sky and the weather, little looking up and he's a meteorologist now. So that kind of stuff. And isn't that and great so, that he took his yeah. passion and realized 
he has a he there's an end goal attached to it. That doesn't always happen. No, it doesn't. But isn't it it's it's nice when it does for sure. But um, you know, so I love kind of um, you know, I, I, you know, you and I were talking about this, you know, like the land of crazy parents. <laughs> Uh, yes, that, that exists. I, that is, I do not live robust. in that land or live in that land. Uh, I don't <laughs> live vicariously through my children whatsoever, and I'm I'm happy they're each different and they each do their thing. But um, it's a wow sometimes out there, isn't it? The the I can't make a helicopter noise, but I want to right now. <laughs> right, and there's a there's a there's a sense of fixing before the problem even arises. I think with our generation of, of having raised kids um, and instead of helping build the skills that your child needs to solve the problem that they, he, she finds himself, herself in, we tend to develop the solution and hand it to them before the problem comes up so they never learn as they grow into teenagers and then young adults holding down jobs and then eventually relationships and families, did they develop all of those skills through the early year problems to now deal yeah. with whatever conundrum of the day finds <laughs> them, because it will. It will in college when you are no longer, you don't have access to their professors anymore. You can't call for a p- parent-teacher conference when they're off in college. It's up to them. people who have done that, though. Oh, gee, I don't that's know anybody that's gone that far. <laughs> oh, man. But, Super wow, fun. I mean, there there is the, the line yeah. now drawn. They're on their own. Yeah. No, like I totally and completely agree. You're on your own. That's what we always say. Like, you're kind. Of, you're on your own, kind of. We're here. Right. But there's nothing. You know, I constantly saying that they'd be like, "Mom," and I'm like, "There's mom, dad." There's and I'm, I'd be like, "There's nothing I can do." I, I, nothing. nothing. Sorry, you're 21. You're 18. So yeah, sorry. Um. So yeah, it's it's interesting. But um, yeah. Well, well put. All right. So, oh, let's get to your books. We're going to get there, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So among all of your many accomplishments, um, tell me how it all weaves in. Because you have interviewed every every president and every presidential candidate since 1999. And then on top of that, a ton of other things, even like First Lady Barbara Bush and Michelle Obama, and then written five books. how did you do that? Like, where do you find the time to write books, read all the news so that you know what's going on, take care of the kids, go deliver the news at six o'clock? None <laughs> how, of those things that... can all happen at the same time. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so just the, the, the writing is the result of being a reader my whole life. Um, We're talking from the time I was two, three, four years old, five years old, grabbing whatever was around in children's book form. And then by the time I was 9, 10, 11, and 12, grabbing whatever my mom was reading, so I would go steal her book from her nightstand and devour it, probably reading way above my age-appropriate level. But that Mm -hmm. never mattered to her. It was always, okay, if you have any questions, come see me. So I would read adult books long before I was ready to, but I loved them. Um, The intrigue, the mystery, the suspense, the salaciousness, 
all of those things just attracted me. And, and when I read books, I'm not sure about you or, or who's listening, but when I read them, it comes alive in my head. So it's almost as if I'm I'm watching a movie in my head, but I'm reading a book. So yeah, same. that was something that I fell back upon at all times during my life. And it just seemed a natural progression to me to fall into book writing, given that I was now in a position where I was in the news industry and um, I had access to stories, both horrific and wonderful, um, access to witnesses who had experienced both ends of the spectrum, um, those in the middle who either prosecuted, investigated, etc. So it just seemed as, as though if I could craft a story with the experience that I had now and the people in my life that I had learned from, then perhaps I could put one together on my own. So that, that's really what I started to do. First, it was a, can I? Okay, I'll try. All right, here's a book. And news also functions, especially TV news, on a very strict deadline. It's a daily deadline. So at 6 o'clock, I need, I need all of my stories in. I need all of my video edited. And I'm not talking me. I'm talking our entire newsroom, of course, but I would be the one out on the desk. If I was the reporter, I would be the one out there gathering the story. And at a particular point every single day, it needed to be ready. I didn't have time for writer's block. I didn't have time to toil. I just had to get it done. So I think that helped me set a goal for myself where when I sit down and work on my book, I move forward steadily. I accumulate my research. I sort of map out my chapter or my thoughts or my forward progression in that in that scene leading into the next scene, how to make the pace acceptable because I was doing it every day at work. So it just naturally translated into ability to write stories in a way that, you know, I I can pump these books out fairly fast in terms of how writing goes. Um, But in a way that I can handle too, you know, I don't know about you, but there's, I don't put any pressure on myself when it comes to writing. If I get to it on a Tuesday and I can grab two hours in the morning before I have to go to work or in between a workout, doing laundry, et cetera, that's great. And if I can't do it until Friday, then that's okay too. There's no pressure in between. So I'm not a sit down every single day at this time, no matter what, and bang out a thousand words. I don't do that at all. I sit down and write when I can, and that's just how it's worked for me. You know, it's really good to know because I bet a lot of people listening, especially in the writing community, there's a lot of people out there who are wanting to write books, writing books, trying to write books, have books out. You know, it's all over the map there in that community, especially on Twitter and Facebook. And um, that's it's interesting because everybody's writing process can be so different. And I think it's, right. it's important to respect your own writing process like you do. Without the I think you have to figure out what works for you because yeah. if you have a writing nook tucked away in your office with no distractions and pure quiet all around you and that that's what works for you and that's when you're at your most creative and productive, then perfect, maintain. That never worked for me. You know, First of all, I'm in a very busy newsroom. People are hollering. The phones are going off. Um, things are happening when there's breaking news. I mean, then it's pure chaos. And you still have to get your story ready by 5, by 5.30, by 6, whenever you're slated to air. So that by default, I think, when I'm here writing, it's in my kitchen, my TV is on, my dog is barking. When the kids were younger, they were in and out. It's just a function of what 
I had to be productive in, which was a noisy, busy news climate. And then I think that's what triggered something in my head that said, okay, that's when you're at your best. When there's noise around you and yeah. you're not really sitting in a comfy chair, you're in a bar stool at your, <laughs> at your kitchen table <laughs> and your legs are crossed and sometimes your ankle falls asleep and yeah, you have to take a pause to let the dog out. That's just what worked here. But yeah. you're right. It doesn't matter what mine is or what yours is. If you're a writer or if you craft a dialogue for a screenplay or whatever, it's just what what works for what you works in for terms you. of your yeah. environment. And I, I think a lot of people who don't have books out sometimes think those of us that do have books out have a writing process process that's like picturesque, like I've, you know, walled myself off in the woods, <laughs> you know, with no electricity <laughs> and a candle and, and looking at you tree know, mountains or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. A tree house, so whatever it is. And I, I, my writing process is so not that if you, I mean, my kids would laugh because I've written, I wrote a lot of percolating crayons. I mean, I have crayons on my desk. I write in crayon I write in colored pens I doodle I draw while I write you know all sorts of crazy stuff I carry a journal with me all the time it's I carry actually three of them in my purse um Mm. for ideas and things like that I mean um you know I I carry a tape recorder sometimes sometimes I put one beside my bed because sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night with I'll be writing in my head I don't know if anybody else does that yeah sometimes I write um I write in, in my sleep. It's bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Literally do it. I have to wake myself up. And that's why you write all that like, coffee. What did I just think? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so bizarre. I know. But I know a lot of people that do that. You know, it's like singing in the shower, writing in your sleep. Um, you know, it's just a funny thing people do. So whatever that process is, don't you think we ought to be respecting it um, for sure? I, I completely agree with you. It's whatever works for you. And with Shadow Kid, which is my most recent book, the, the process was upended a little bit because this is based on a real-life story. So I would do this one a little differently, um, working in concert with the gentleman that this story is about. This is his life story. We would do it a little differently. We would go chapter by chapter. So I would work from his outline. I would fill in each chapter in story form so that Shadow Kid reads like a story. Um, And we would go back and forth, and I would make sure that my tone was right. I would make sure that the events as he recalled them were accurate. I would would really push him to dig deep into his memory bank and, and, and review all of his old notes from his life and say, okay, does this reflect that? Is this right? So this it was a little bit different this time, but in a way... It was so special because the the gentleman that Shadow Kid is about is now one of my dearest friends. Um, he's a confidant. He's a mentor. And his life and his story are beyond anything I had ever heard. And when we talk about inspirations in life and, you know, what what you've been through inspires me because of this and what that person has been through inspires me because of that, he is start to finish um, an inspirational figure in so many ways that that all wrap around love. Um, mm. And a person only survives and, and inspires others if they had the capacity to love themselves enough to survive something or if they loved somebody else enough to push them through a disaster in order to survive. And he's both. Yeah, he is yes. both and more. 
And um, it's a great book. I mean, it, it's hard. To, that one, your your book is hard to put down. I, I'm pretty sure that was my review of it. It's like almost impossible to put down. And it's, um, so it's a great story. And it, it earned you a reader's favorite bronze medal for excellence in writing, which when I, when I picked up your, when I picked up this book, I wasn't sure how your writing was going to be because of your news business. And right. it's, you know, I thought it might be short and, you know, the tense different, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I didn't know to and, and instead the, the word choices are beautiful and it's, it's um, your sentence structure and, you know, everything is, I'm trying to say to the people listening, this is a really good lesson in writing as well. Aside from take, you know, just put the story aside for one second and just the way the book is written and flows, it's very well written. Thank you. That means a lot. And when I, when I read your book too, it, it was things in, that stuck out to me, like when you, when readers read Shadow Kid, there are particular things that stick out to them. And mm-hmm. you might pluck five, six, seven things out of a book that you can't forget, whether it's, you know, fiction and it's just the way that that twist came in at the end and you'll never forget that. And you develop a fondness or even a love for some of these characters. You know, when I read when I read your book, Percolate, there were many things that stood out to me as real evidence of who you are and who the people around you are and who you were raised by. You know, for instance, for a young mom and a woman raising kids and all of a sudden dealing with extreme life-threatening allergic reactions to food, I mean, you, by sheer force, had to teach yourself how to survive. And your brother, I mean, the trauma of what your brother went through and how your family came together and the bravery of your mom and... There Thank are things you. in in your life and in your book that mean something to other people because there are multiple things in what we hope to create in a written word in a book form that will leave people different after they've read it and I'm different after That's reading your book it's too. not only touching because of your personal experiences but you provide advice you actually provide actionable advice for how to improve your own situation your own life your relationships your goals um, and that's what I hope Shadow Kid can be for somebody uh, to yeah. say, look, you know, these are the darkest of the dark days. And if this person can rise from them and go on to love and live and yearn for more, then you can too. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I'm wondering, when you write, when you wrote this book, what's your audience, what's your target audience for it? And um, I saw the coolest. I think you were t- taken off guard the other day on Twitter. It was like a billboard in Los Angeles for your book. A I'm billboard like, oh, in downtown so cool. Los Angeles. I I know. Yeah. I still don't even really know how that came together. But it, I still, Epic. you know, I'm still, um, I guess, you know, unfazed enough by this world to be shocked sometimes <laughs> at really great things that, that right? happen. You know, you write I, that I, down. I, I still do. <laughs> I still do get really excited when that happens to me. But even when people I love and I care about, when that happens to them, it just there's a. It's like Christmas morning inside my soul. It feels yeah. great. I feel so happy for them. I'm, you know, I'm I'm thrilled for me or whatever that big moment. Um, it's just great. You know, it's just a very cool thing to see. Yeah, it is, and it's um, 
yeah, I'm excited for for what happens with um, this book and the you know the other ones too. Do you um, do you know what's going to happen with this book yet? Do you know where it's where it's going? Do you know where it's living right now in in people's hearts and minds? Does it have a an audience that's taken off for it? Do you do you have that? Well, I, I think target so. audience. I I think even mm-hmm. you know teenagers can read this because it, it yeah, follows the too. arc of a man's life, and this is you know a, a young boy who came up and his heart has always been pure, but his actions are not, and he got himself into some serious trouble, but he also paid the consequences in full, and he is. I, I liken him a bit to almost a darker version of Forrest Gump, and that you know that feather that floats through the air carrying itself from one place to the next and you don't know where it's going to land and sometimes it lands in in a raging storm and other times it's a peaceful sea um, and he's got to ride out both so target audience i think could be anyone anyone you know especially if you have a mature 11 12 13 year old it's applicable there it's also applicable for anyone at any phase in life especially someone who's wondered how do i get out of this why would I, why do i want to even continue questioned your importance here um what's your value do you even have a role in this world so anybody like that um anybody everybody there i hope one day that this might get the shot to be a movie or a netflix series Mm -hmm. because there's so much love and heart here and so many messages of resilience and and hope and and you talk about peace a lot in your book, and that's yeah, an important tone of Shadow Kid as well, because how do you make peace with yourself when you have done the unthinkable, when you have witnessed um, unimaginable, and when you have survived such grief, right? How do, yeah. you, how do you work through all of that in your system, all of that chaos and, you know, everything that that, that brings with you? Sometimes you make yourself ill, with all the stress of your life so with all of that how do you find peace and then once you get there how do you stay there yeah i i liken that to what i always call the walking wounded where we've got you know multiple things <laughs> that happen to us as we go through our our mileage ways in life and it's uh it's interesting to you know think about exactly what you said as far as shame grief anything that troubles you in any way shape or form to really heal that up. And um, I, I'd love this book for that. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of applying love to yourself, a lot of self-love and self-worth. Uh, we actually have a thought leader on Best Ever You uh, right now who I really view as the leading authority on self-love and self-worth. self-worth. Her name is Dr. Dr. I can talk, Dr. Margaret Paul. <laughs> and um, she's everything inner bonding. And uh, innerbonding.com, Dr. Margaret Paul, you can look her up. You can go to besteveryou.com even and click on her. And, and that's, she's got a lot of answers to those questions. You know, it's like, how do you, how do you apply humanity um, to yourself <laughs> and, and, right. then, and then apply it to others, you know, the compassion and the love and the peace and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, when I read the book, I noticed that. And um, that's why I think it's such a great fit for Best Ever You and, and the world, you know, learning all these things right now, especially where it seems like it's, it's um, a thing right now to apply compassion and love to other people in, in a variety of different ways. Um, and when there's I always something point, of value that you have, and you might not even yeah. know it. And in, in your capacity, it might be reaching out to 
um, a young girl who hasn't had a mentor in her life or certainly never understood that she has such potential. So unlocking that in her, um, a, a vision, you know, in, in my TV job, it might be meeting somebody who in turn goes on to win a multitude of communications yep. degrees or does an interview that changes lives. You just never know. Yep. And yep. You're, you're so right when you approach a new person or even a person that you're familiar with, you're so right in having us all approach life, our days, our community, our people with an understanding that they might have something deeply broken inside of them, something fractured, something starting to break. And it might be just the smallest, yes, the smallest of gestures on our behalf that, would change their day, change their month, yeah. change their event, change their life. You're so right in in talking about that now because it seems to be a time of real great strife. You know, I hemmed and hawed whether I was going to ever open my mouth and say the words walking wounded or any of it because um, it really stems from <clears throat> a lot of different things. But at this moment after my dad died, and I had come back from Minnesota, and I was standing in the grocery store looking at pears <laughs> at Shaw's. Just don't ask. That's what I was doing. And I, I must have been frozen looking at something and just, I don't know, I might have even, I have just no idea what it was. But the, an older woman approached me and she said, which one of your parents just passed? No. That was a sentence to me. Oh, my and I'm like, no way. She just gave me the biggest hug and she goes, nobody ever has that look on their face unless one of their parents has just died. And so oh which one was it? And I'm like, yeah, my dad died a week ago, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, yeah. It was just at that moment, boy, I'm like, wow. And that um that that hug, that stranger hug, it was so needed. I can't even tell you. I don't know. She's like, honey, you should probably just go home. Put the pear down and go home. <laughs> but you're but by turning on oh. awareness <clears throat> of that, by talking about that and by identifying yeah. walking wounded in the capacity that you have, you've turned on an awareness in your community. And I can, in turn, turn on that awareness in me and whoever I might come in contact with. So so look what you've done. You've just turned on a light that we didn't necessarily know we needed to have on. It's like a porch light that you don't need necessarily except, okay, it's the darkest of the dark months. I'm just going to leave my porch light on now. And look what you can attract with that. Look at the change yeah. you can do. Look at the hug you can give. So by identifying that and then spreading that, you're changing lives just in small, incremental, powerful ways. That's what you're doing too. So <laughs> I love you. I love having, knowing you and um, I love your way with words too, by the way. I, I think it's, it's uh, you, you have a, way, a beautiful way with words in both spoken and written form. So I, I really appreciate you being on here and, um, putting up with my fumbling around because I get choppy <laughs> and everybody knows it. Yep. I love it. You're eloquent um, and kind and it's my true pleasure to be with you. I, I love you. So, um, all right. So of all the books you've written, I, this is coming from um, an email that we just got. So you guys can tweet us too, if you want to and best ever you. And she's Wonderful. Jay, you're Dave Vaughn, right? Just it's Jay Vaughn NH. NH. Yep. All right. Good. Um, of all the books you've written, which one's your favorite? Ooh. Uh, that's, not, that's not a fair question. I just read that without thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I love I know questions. I love them. I, I, I want to say I'm gonna leave it like this. Can I have a one and then a one A? <laughs> so Shadow Kid is special because it's it's a man's story and he he trusted me with the telling of it. That's that has to stand on its own, right there. Yeah. And then one A I have to give props to my very, very first book that came out because I also wanted that to have meaning in this world beyond just being a book that I wrote. So um, there's a health crisis involved in it. It's a disease that I loathe and hate and would do anything in the world to eradicate. Um, But it meant something to me. So I wrote a story around that. It's not the entire plot, but it has to do with it. And then um, I became a lifelong donator to cancer charities, the, the... the entire bulk of any money I made off that very first book, Last Flight Out, went to local cancer charities. It was important to me. Um, and then from there on out, I'm a dedicated um, donator to St. Jude's. And the mission of St. Jude's yeah, is very important to me. Really. I don't think any child should ever suffer from cancer. I don't think every parent should have to worry about paying for it. Um, so it sort of made me um, much more aware of what matters to me in terms of, okay, mm-hmm. I have a dollar. Where can I put this? It matters to me. This is my product. This is my money. This is my concern. So because Shadow Kid is a gentleman's story and I love him, that has to be first. But just below it, it has to be last <laughs> fight out because that also was important to me to not just have a first book in the world but to have it mean something mean that would something. be beneficial to other people. Yep. Agree, and it was that that one was featured at a um, in the swag bag at the daytime Emmy Awards, right? That, it was huh? so that was back in 2013 that I got an invitation to come out with my book and have that it. be included in the yeah the gift bag that all of the it's not even it's not even really just the recipients it was everybody that comes so imagine mm-hmm. me I am a lifelong Days of Our Lives fan love it oh, love no. it love it it's the only soap <laughs> opera I've ever been hooked on. But imagine standing there and handing my book out to Hope Brady, and she's the biggest star in Days of Our Lives, just in case you're out there and wondering who she's talking about. Um, and it was just sort of a, you know, I was out there with my mom, and my daughter was little at the, she was 12 or so at the time, and it was just a very special, interesting, what the heck is happening <laughs> kind of you know what I do with my, with my book when I encounter a famous person. Like, here, will you sign my book? <laughs> oh yes absolutely oh yes and I took a picture with a bunch of them and Alex Trebek came through and the Hulk came through awesome. Lou Ferrigno so it was just an out-of-body awesome. experience and um, I just I just loved it it was very different you know it's not what I'm used to in my news job yes I'm used to presidential candidates that's part of what I do I'm not used to daytime television stars <laughs> yeah I, I know that feeling. We've had a, a few here on Best Ever You, and I uh, it makes me nervous. <laughs> I'm like, this is live, and I don't know what to say to you or whatever. Yeah, it's funny, but um, yeah, I I love interviewing people, and I I love the fact that you got to go out there with your book and meet your idols and and uh, yeah, rub fun. elbows with all the you know all the fun people. And uh, yeah, it's a I want to. That's the one I want to buy and read. So I I will. I will, when we end the show, I'm going to go get that one. So last flight out. <laughs> yeah, I haven't read that one well, yet. thank but you. I, yeah. Thank you for your support with books. Thank you for all that you do in the writing community and beyond and what you're doing with your network and your community and you're building influencers who are not just smart experts, but they're kind souls. 
and you have found a way to mix those two, and that's not always easy to do. And I appreciate that because I see such value in everything that you're building, and it's just such an honor for me to be a part of it. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's it's fun to have you there, and you know, it, you know, we all learn from each other for sure. So we all trade off our moments. We all learn from each other, and we all grow together. So it will be fun to see all the cool things that we do um, together and separately, and cheer, you, you know, each other's biggest cheerleaders. So I, I love that, and I'm I'm super proud of you for all that you do. And um, I, the one thing I wish I could do, I can't see you on the news every night from Maine. I mean, I'm, I need like a live feed in my head, Jennifer. <laughs> so you got to figure out That's a way okay. to stream I, that. I know you're with me in spirit. <laughs> I am. <laughs> this is funny. All right. So we got 30 seconds left. Um, I want to make sure everybody goes to your website. It's jvrights.com. Is that right? jvrights.com? You got it. jvrights.com. Okay. Yes. We miss anything And I'm else? about to launch some uh, holiday sales. So it's getting oh, multiple good. books for a bargain price. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing us authors, we love our Amazon reviews. So make sure you uh, put a link up there. So I'll make sure everything should be connected to Amazon, but I'll make sure it's too. So, all right. Yes, we're going to go into Thank record you. mode here. So <clears throat> this doesn't shut off. It's going to shut off live, but we're going to end the show properly. So thank you for being here. <laughs> we just cut off live, but um, we're in record mode. So I just want to thank you for being here. It was so great to learn more about you and have a few giggles along the way. I hope your power's stays on and the rain shuts off right well right back at you can't thank you enough and i know that you and i will be talking very very soon yep i'm heading to twitter right now all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody thank you for listening to the best ever you show we appreciate you all listening to us um have some fun here tonight and as we, you know, I always tell you this, you know, it's grassroots here. We do not throw any advertising dollars at the show whatsoever. So the multimillion dollar download, and it's not a multimillion dollar. I'm just kidding. Multi, <laughs> wouldn't that be nice though? Then I, then we could buy some books, <laughs> couldn't we? No, we have yes, um, we a lot of books, <laughs> a lot of books. No, um, we do, we do really have millions of downloads though. And, um, I'm joking. We do have millions of downloads. It's not multi-million dollar, but we do have millions of downloads. So we thank you when we bring guests on like Jennifer for being here because it's all grassroots. I call myself husband funded. Sometimes I call myself outflow. It's all good. And um, we have a lot of fun with it. And we, what I really appreciate what I'm getting to is that our community embraces guests like you. Go buy Jennifer's books, please. Leave Amazon reviews, share the show, download the show. And um, we just love your support when we have guests on like Jennifer. So thank you. And um, we're on best, we're at besteveryou.com. And I thank you all so much for listening. Jennifer, thank you for being with us. You're an awesome guest. And I look forward to seeing all the things that you do next. And I'll be over on Twitter in a little bit. We'll recap. Pleasure is mine. Thank you. <laughs> all right, everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You.